Good morning, good evening, and good everything in between. Welcome to this episode of Hip Hop History. We are going to get into the history of another historic hip hop record label, Death Row Records, formerly Future Shock, and The Row. Founded in 1991 by Suge Knight, Dr. Dre, the DOC, and Dick Griffey, the label became highly regarded by releasing multi-platinum hip-hop albums by West Coast-based artists such as Dr. Dre with The Chronic, Snoop Dogg with Doggy Style, The Dog Pound with Dog Food, and Tupac Shakur with All Eyes on Me during the 90s. At its peak, Death Row was making over $100 million a year. Now let's get into the story. In the late 1980s, NWA's producer Dr. Dre was signed to Easy es Ruthless Records. As head of production at the label, Dr. Dre produced a large number of Ruthless's projects, many of them successful. Feeling the pressure of having to produce so many acts and feeling that he was underpaid, Dr. Dre became frustrated with Ruthless. After the departure of Ice Cube in 1989 over financial disagreements with Jerry Heller and Easy e Shook and the DOC approached Dr. Dre about forming a label with them away from Heller. Using strong tactics, Shook was able to procure contracts from Eazy-E for the DOC, Dr. Dre, and Michelet. Dr. Dre and Shook Knight, along with partners the DOC and Dick Griffey, began the process of starting a record label and music partnership in anticipation of Dre's departure from Ruthless. Although the name of the new music venture was originally called Future Shock, the DOC claimed to have suggested changing the name of the new label to Death Row, a play on the Def Jam name. But rights to the name were already owned by the unknown DJ, who also happened to be one of Dre's former music associates in the 80s. Unknown stated in an interview that he created the name Death Row for a potential deal to start another record label under Morgan Creek. However, he later sold the naming rights to Dr. Dre and his partners in July 1991, and by 1992, the name changed to its eventual title, Death Row. Shook approached Michael Harry O. Harris, a businessman imprisoned on drug and attempted murder charges, and through David Kenner, an attorney handling Harris's appeal, Harry O. set up Godfather, a parent company for the newly christened Death Row. Shook approached Vanilla Ice, aka Rob Van Winkle using management connections with Mario Chocolate Johnson, claiming Johnson had produced the song Ice Ice Baby and had not received royalties for it. After consulting with Alex Roberts, Suge and two bodyguards arrived at the Palm in West Hollywood, Los Angeles, California, where Vanilla Ice was eating. After shoving his bodyguards aside, Suge sat down in front of Vanilla Ice, staring at him before asking, How you doing? Similar incidents were repeated on several occasions, including alleged attempts to lure Vanilla Ice into a van filled with bloods and crips. Before Suge, before Shook showed up at Vanilla Ice's hotel suite on the 15th floor of the Bel Air Hotel accompanied by Johnson and a member of the Los Angeles Raiders. According to Ice, Shook took him out on the balcony by himself and implied he would throw Vanilla Ice off the ledge unless he signed the rights over to the song to Shook. Van Winkle's money helped fund Death Row. Death Row was located at the intersection of West Hollywood Boulevard and Wilshire Boulevard, later relocating at the intersection of Wilshire Boulevard and St. Vincent Boulevard. With the help of Kerner, Knight began signing young, inner-city California-based artists and arranged for Death Row Records to handle the soundtrack to the 1992 film Deep Cover. The single Deep Cover established Dr. Dre as a solo artist and a young Snoop, then known as Snoop Doggy Dog, as his protege. Work soon began on The Chronic, Dr. Dre's debut solo album, which heavily featured Snoop and the rest of the label's core roster. The album went on to sell 5.7 million records in the U.S., establishing the West Coast in the hip-hop industry 
and popularizing the distinctive style of G-Funk. The Death Row roster consisted of Dre, Snoop, Corrupt, Nate Dogg, Lady of Rage, the DOC, RBX, and many more. After finding solo success, Dr. Dre began crafting Snoop Dogg's debut album, Doggy Style. The process took two years. Snoop's debut was released in 1993 due to high public demand and high pressure from retailers. Though unfinished, it outperformed the chronic at quadruple platinum. Soon after the release of the album, Snoop Dogg was charged with murder, fueling the debate that politicians see Dolores Tucker and vice presidential candidate Dan Quayle sparked by criticizing gangster rap for being against American values, degrading to black women, and encouraging violence towards police officers. In 1995, the label began to flood with Suge's cronies, friends, and gang members fresh out of jail, as well as off-duty LAPD officers later implicated in the Rampart scandal working as security. In Bolden, Suge began taking more control of the label and further sought the spotlight, while Dr. Dre receded into the background, shying away from the violent atmosphere and Suge's volatility. Tucker's pressure to conform extended to a joint proposal by herself and a Warner executive to set up a record label with Knight. Content controlled hip-hop music, which Knight billed as a breach of contract, resulting in a switch in distribution from Time Warner to Interscope. At the Source Awards in 1995, the Death Row roster performance garnered a poor reception from the mainly East Coast audience. Knight had also made comments pertaining to Bad Boy CEO, Puff, sparking friction between the two labels. You can learn more about this in, an, in episode 11 about the 95 Source Awards. Knight's suit and signed Tupac while he was incarcerated. After agreeing to post Tupac's bail, Tupac began working on his debut Death Row album, kicking off his tenure by insulting the notorious B.I.G., Jay-Z, and Puff, whom he accused of setting him up to be robbed and shot at Quad Studios on November 30th, 1994. As well, Tupac called out Mob Deep, Junior Mafia, A Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, The Fugees, and Nas. The Dog Pound's debut album, Dog Food, continued the label's streak of commercial successes, and its members, Corrupt and Daz Dillinger, then joined Snoop in ridiculing New York rappers with their single, New York, New York, featuring Snoop. The video was set in New York City, New York, and also heightened when the set was fired upon in a drive-by shooting. After the shooting, Snoop and the Dog Pound filmed scenes kicking down a building in New York. The single provoked a response called LALA by East Coast rappers Capone Noriega, Tragedy Gaddafi, and Mob Deep. Disillusioned with the direction of Death Row, artists RBX and the DOC chose to leave, after which Suge Knight exercised tighter control over the rest of the roster. Dog Food was not produced by Dr. Dre, but was mixed by Dr. Dre, a further testament of Dre's dwindling involvement with his own record label. Dr. Dre also grew tired of Knight's violence within the label. Although he contributed toward two tracks on Tupac's All Eyes on Me, the rest of the tracks on the album were mostly produced by Daz Dillinger and Johnny J, despite Dr. Dre being nominally titled as executive producer. Tupac's behavior reportedly became erratic as he continued his verbal wars with B.I.G., Bad Boy, Puff, and Mob Deep including many violent confrontations with the rappers at this point. And on March 22, 1996, due to infighting, Dr. Dre officially left Death Row to found Aftermath, which provoked Tupac to turn against Dre. Suge's relationship with MC Hammer dates back to 1988. With the success of Hammer's 1994 album, The Funky Headhunter, featuring the Dog Pound, Hammer signed with Death Row in 1995, along with his close friend Tupac. The label did not release MC Hammer's album titled Too Tight, although he did release versions of some tracks on his next album. Hammer did record tracks with Tupac and others, but notably the song Too Late Player along with Big Daddy Kane and Danny Boy. After the death of Pac in 96, MC Hammer left Death Row Records. Formerly a united front of artists, Death Row's roster fractured into separate camps. Daz, now head producer, worked on Snoop Dogg's second album, The Dog Father. Warren G and Nate Dogg of his group 213 and The Dog Pound. Tupac shut himself into the studio with Hurt Him Bad and Big D crafting the Don Caluminati, The Seven Day Theory. Unlike All Eyes on Me, it was devoid of high-profile Death Row guest appearance 
appearances and sets showcasing the outlaws and badass. We're going to take a short ad break here and get right back to the show. Thank you for listening to that ad. Now- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back to the show. Shook was now barely reachable by his staff, and employees were assaulted as punishment for not following orders. During a trip to Las Vegas, Nevada for the Mike Tyson boxing match on September 7, 1996, Shook Knight and Tupac were caught on surveillance camera at the MGM Grand Hotel in Las Vegas attacking gang member Orlando Anderson, who was a member of the Southside Compton Crips. Later that night, Tupac was shot four times in a drive-by shooting in the front seat of Shook Knight's BMW. Despite living six days in critical condition, Tupac died September 13, 1996. Pac's Illuminati Seven Day Theory was released in November 1996, just one week before Snoop Dogg's The Dog Father. On February 28, 1997, Shook was convicted on parole violation and sentenced to nine years in prison, causing Interscope to drop their distribution deal with the label. Shook Knight's control over the label diminished as Nate Dogg was able to leave, followed by Snoop and Corrupt. After the release of her solo album, The Lady of Rage left. Daz Dillinger departed in 1999, but produced for Big C Style. He later formed Dog Pound Records, maintaining artistic control from behind bars, Suge Knight launched smear campaigns against his former artists, most notably Snoop. The label supported itself with releases pulled from the vaults, most successfully various posthumous Tupac albums, along with Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg re-releases and then unreleased compilation records such as Suge Knight Represents Chronic 2000. He signed new talent, including Crooked Eye, who had been lighting up the California underground with his rhyming ability, particularly the wake-up show with Sway and King Tech. Suge also signed Left Eye from TLC, and at this time, Death Row changed into The Row Records. Lopez joined to record a second solo album under the pseudonym Nina, New Identity Not Applicable. She was also working on TLC's new album 3D. Nina was cancelled after her death in April 2002. The album was leaked online in 2011. After promoting his new talent from prison, directing a campaign against his former artists and exacerbating the conflict between Daz Dillinger and Corrupt, Suge had still yet to release any albums by his new artists. After Corrupt's second departure, Against the Grain was released. Soon after, citing dissatisfaction with serving five years under the label and seeing no release, rapper Crooked Eye left Death Row, eventually filing a gag order on Knight to prevent him from interfering with him finding a new deal. P.D. Pablo, who had signed in 2005 and started the never-released album Same Eyes On Me, left along with the rapper The Realist in 2006. On April 4, 2006, both Death Row Records and Suge Knight simultaneously filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection following the appointment of a receiver to acquire and auction off assets of both Death Row Records and Suge Knight in the civil case filed by Lydia Harris against Suge Knight. Among those listed as unsecured creditors to Death Row include the Harrises, the IRS for $6.9 million, Koch Records for $3.4 million, Interscope Records for $2.5 million, and a number of artists previously previously signed to the label. Suge eventually lost control of Death Row Records and his personal assets when Chapter 11 trustees took over both cases. Wide Awake Entertainment Group was created in 2006 by Laura Lavi, and in 2009, Death Row Records was successfully auctioned to the entertainment development company Wide Awake for $18 million. On January 25, 2009, an auction was held for everything found in Death Row's office after it filed for bankruptcy. Both Wide Awake, New Solutions Financial were based in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. New Solutions, by the end of 2009, began to squeeze Laura Lavi out of Wide Awake Entertainment by restricting her ability to access 
funds they had lent her for death row. By November of 2009, Laura Levy was removed from Wide Awake Entertainment and Robert Thompson of New Solution Financial had taken over day-to-day -day operations. Levy then sued her former company, Ontario-based Wide Awake Entertainment Group, New Solutions Financial Corporation, and New Solutions Managing Director Robert Thompson in New York County Court in 2009. New Solutions Financial Corporation was eventually exposed as a Ponzi scheme. Of note was a death row electric chair, which went at auction for $2,500. Since the acquisition, the company has continued to release material from its vast archives of materials acquired in the sale. Noteworthy releases include previously unreleased material from such artists as Snoop Dogg, Corrupt, Danny Boy, Crooked Eye, Sam Sneed, LBC Crew, and the OFTB. Since the acquisition of the material, Death Row, under the management of Wide Awake, has made many positive steps towards improving the image of Death Row by making good on its promise to make royalty payments to many of the artists, producers, and songwriters with commercially released material under the label. On Record Store Day, April 18, 2012, the label issued a free Death Row Record Store Day CD sampler which included music from Petey Pablo and Danny Boy. The Chronic Relit was released on September 1, 2009. The album contained The Chronic Remastered with seven bonus songs from The Vault by Snoop, CPO, Corrupt, Jewel, plus a DVD containing music videos, a Dr. Dre interview, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg mini-movie, and a 1992 television commercial for the original Chronic release. Snoop, The Death Row Lost Sessions Volume 1 was released on October 13, 2009 and contains 15 previously unreleased tracks with four being produced by Dr. Dre. Death Row The Ultimate Collection was released a special box set containing three audio CDs, one greatest hits disc, and two discs of unreleased content. One DVD of the music videos which includes the unreleased Dr. Dre music video Puffin' on Blunts and a limited edition Death Row t-shirt. The set boasts over 20 unreleased tracks by Snoop, The Dog Pound, Letty of Rage, and Petey Pablo. During this period, there was a distribution venture between Entertainment One, aka E1, Wide Awake, and Death Row. On December 10, 2012, the New Solutions Financial Corporation, the Canadian company that owned Wide Awake and Death Row, had gone bankrupt and sold both the label and, and catalog to a publicly held company. In 2013, Entertainment One purchased the rights to the Death Row catalog. Their group invested $202 million in content rights and television programs in 2012, and a $6 million to purchase the music library assets of Death Row. Death Row had a pop-up event in Los Angeles on April 10, 2019, and on August 29, 2019, American toy company Hasbro announced a $4 billion purchase of E1, making them the owners of Death Row Records amongst other record labels. Now let's go over the main releases by Death Row Records. Not any re-releases, but best ofs are included. Dr. Dre the Chronic released in 92, Snoop Doggy Dogs the Doggy Style released in 93, Above the Rim and Murder Was the Case soundtracks in 94, The Dog Pound, Dog Food in 1995, Tupac, All Eyes on Me, Machiavelli by Tupac, The Don Caluminati, The Seven Day Theory, Snoop Doggy Dog, The Dog Father, Death Row's Greatest Hits, Christmas on Death Row compilation albums, all in 1996. Nate Dog, G-Funk Chronicles Volume 1, Gridlock Soundtrack, Lady of Rage, Necessary Roughness, Gang-Related Soundtrack, all in 1997. Daz Dillinger, Retaliation, Revenge, and Get Back. Michelet, Hung Jury, Tupac's Greatest Hits, all in 1998. Suge Knight represents Chronic 2000, Tupac, and The Outlaws Still I Rise, released in 1999. Two Gangster for Radio, a compilation album, and Snoop Doggy Dog, Dead Man Walking in 2000, Tupac Until the End of Time, The Dog Pound 2002, and Snoop Doggy Dog Death Rose, Snoop Doggy Dog Greatest Hits in 2001, Tupac Better Days in 2002, Dysfunctional Family Soundtrack, and the Tupac New Mix Classics in 2003, The Very Best of Death Row Compilation Album Corrupt Against the Grain in 2005, Tupac New Mix Classics Volume 2, Tupac Best of Tupac Part 1, Thug Best of Tupac Part 2, Life released in 2007, Death Row Records was one of the best record labels in history of hip-hop, bringing us artists like Snoop, Corrupt, 
Daz, Nate Dogg, and Warren G, amongst others. They also released music from one of the very few billionaires from the hip-hop culture, Dr. Dre. While the CEO was a bit of a menace and had his fair share of controversies, Death Row Records nonetheless was a powerhouse. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hip-Hop History. Please like, subscribe, and leave a review if possible. Thank you.